If You Seek Andy, my podcast. Today, I want to talk a little bit about some of my biggest dating mistakes, what I've learned from them, and how I'm applying that to my dating philosophy going forward. I've already made a TikTok covering the basics of this, just listing out what those mistakes were, and I figured this would be a good opportunity for us to dive a little deeper into the context of what those mistakes were and exactly what it is that I learned from it because after all, the whole point of making mistakes is that you can reflect on them and then figure out how to avoid those in the future and ultimately, you know, take away some sort of lesson from it. Otherwise, you'll just be making the same mistakes over and over and I'm really, really not trying to do that. I don't know why my voice is all like, croaky. I don't know if you can tell or not, but anyway. So I figured I would start off by just going over some context when it comes to my personal relationship history so that it'll be easier for me to talk about and tell the stories behind each of the relationship mistakes that I talked about in my TikTok. So I was not a late bloomer per se. I started um, dating and, you know, doing things romantically uh, late in high school. I had my first kiss when I was 16, had my first time having sex when I was 18. Um, Technically, technically speaking, my first boyfriend was um, in my senior year of high school, but that is a very, very, very heavy emphasis on technical. It was with a guy from another school and we met through speech and debate and we were only officially in a relationship, actually boyfriend, girlfriend for a week. We broke up on Valentine's Day because before that we had just been talking, flirting, hanging out, whatever you want to call it. And we were only in that official relationship for a week, so I don't really count it. I think a lot of people don't really count their high school relationships or before that. I was definitely not the kind of person who had, um, you know, a boyfriend in middle school or like I didn't have a lot of boys who were interested in me growing up, which was almost certainly due in part to living in a predominantly white area, and I am not white. So I did not really fit in those standards. Plus, I was pretty nerdy. I had glasses and braces starting in like seventh grade. I got them both like right around the same time. And I didn't get my braces off until I was a sophomore, I think. And so, yeah, you know, it's cool. I didn't like figure out my style. I didn't figure out how to do my makeup or like how I liked to present myself in terms of appearance for a while. Um, And that was fine. In hindsight, I'm very glad that I didn't have to deal with those kinds of issues when I was younger because frankly it's like a lot and I was definitely not in a good emotional place for it. So kind of a late bloomer although most of the people I know in my life did have sex for the first time around that same age around 18. 
So in college, that was when I had what I consider my first real relationship. I've also mentioned this person in a couple different TikToks. Um, We were on the speech team together in college and that's how we first became friends. I was immediately attracted to them and had a huge crush on them. They were a year older than me. Uh, But I think for a while they were, I think they could tell that I was super interested in them and they were just trying to like, you know, keep a kind of a distance, um, particularly apparently our coach at the time had a lot of weird qualms about people on the team dating each other. Um, so they were pretty nervous about that. But basically we hung out a decent amount and talked a decent amount. Like I said, we were friends. We would watch bad movies together. They were the first person to show me, um, the room as in the iconic The Room (laughs) with Tommy Wiseau in it. And uh, on my birthday, which is March 8th, we had like a little party with the speech team. It was also after our state tournament. And that was the night that we kissed for the first time, which, oh, in hindsight, like what a, what a dream. Like we were these we were friends and then you know built up the the attraction and the chemistry and and the comfort level with each other until we felt ready to take that next step um and so for a while we were just kind of hooking up um we weren't officially dating and then at some point between my birthday and um the end of the school year we were like yeah I've been calling you you know Uh, Like, they told me, they're like, yeah, I've been calling you my girlfriend. And I was like, yeah, I've been calling you, you know. Uh, And so we were like, well, let's just make our anniversary, my birthday, it's much simpler. So we were together for between, like, two and a half and three years. It was a pretty messy breakup. At that time, it was my senior year of college. They had already graduated and was in their first year at grad school so we were long distance and that was my first serious relationship towards the end of our relationship we were talking about getting engaged getting married more so out of a kind of tax benefits legal reasoning more than anything else we didn't neither of us um were or are religious as far as I know. Um, So yeah, uh, at the time, of course, this person identified as a man and straight. Um, That is no longer the case as far as I know. um, What I heard most recently is that they identify as non-binary. So I'm I'm trying to be careful about that. But if I, you know, slip up or anything, feel free to let me know because I do want to try and be mindful of that even though that person is no longer in my life. But um, yeah, it was a very messy breakup. (laughs) Over the course of a couple of months, we kind of just fell apart and they wanted to keep trying at it, but I kind of knew in my heart that it wasn't gonna work um, and that I couldn't be committed to it in the same way that they would be. And I felt like there was just gonna always be this resentment and um, power imbalance in our relationship. I didn't think we could ever get through it. So that ended um, and then I kind of went through a brief 
what I would call like a slutty phase because I'd been in this, you know, serious monogamous relationship for most of my college years. I was like, oh my God, I'm still so young. Because part of the reason why we broke up was I did have a lot of doubts about, you know, we were so young. I was uh, 21, 22. They were 22, 23. Um, I was like, how can we know for sure that we're right for each other? This is like the relationship for us, that this is it. I felt like I was missing out on so much experience and I couldn't ever be certain that, you know, this was going to be good for me long term. And in hindsight, I know that it wasn't. Um, anyway, so I kind of went through the slut phase where I was on the dating apps and um, I was going on a lot of dates and sleeping with a lot of people. Um, this was a time period where I in uh, reflecting on it, I can say I was pretty indiscriminate about who I was um, sleeping with and spending my time with because after so long being monogamous and also having felt so, um, you know, undesired for most of my life, unattractive, undateable, I was basically receptive to anyone who would give me that attention. And after a few months, um, so I graduated, I was working, all sorts of stuff, I kind of realized that, you know, maybe it's not, it wasn't a good thing or it wasn't good for my mental health that I was basing so much of my self-worth on being attractive to men or having men desire me. Um, but then, <laughs> so that fall, I so I graduated in June and then in that fall I moved into the city and was on the dating apps and... Um, that was when I matched with who would be my next relationship. And from the beginning in this relationship, I kind of knew that things weren't going to end well or they couldn't last forever. We had this incredible chemistry on the first date. I remember going on this first date which um, he had basically immediately after we matched, he'd been like, okay, let me take you out. Um, because apparently we had previously matched on a different app earlier in the summer, but then I deleted the app and we never ended up going out. So he was like, all right, I got to lock this down since I've got a second chance at this. And I remember going into that first date being like, you know, I'm going to try something different. I am not going to have sex with him on the first date. Friends, I absolutely did have sex with him on the first date. <laughs> Um, because I don't know, I just, I, we really liked each other. I was really attracted to him and things were going well. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. Um, so when he was driving me home from his place though, at the time he was still living in his family home, which I would never shame someone from that, especially we were in Chicago at the time. It's expensive. And he didn't have a full-time job yet because he, um, was the same age as me. Um, but as he was driving me home, we were talking about, you know, kind of what we were looking for out of a relationship or whatever. And I, I mentioned that I was pretty sure I was non-monogamous as a result of um, what had happened with my previous relationship and that, you know, I was just kind of looking for something casual, something consistent, but casual. And he was like, oh, I kind of want like a serious long-term relationship. You know, he was the kind of guy who was looking for marriage and a family you know, white picket fence, all of the typical um, markers of adulthood and being in an adult relationship, and particularly, you know, 
socially acceptable monogamous relationship. And we agreed that we would keep things casual um, and that worked for a little bit, but then it became very clear that he was kind of like a, a jealous person, um, didn't like the idea of me going on dates with other people, seeing other people, um, and he ultimately gave me this ultimatum where I could try it and have a real exclusive relationship with him or he would have to cut things off with me. And I liked him too much to let him go. I cared for him too much. Things got really, really intense after that. Um, like I said, he was still living with his parents, so you know I met his family like right away. We were spending almost every night together. Um, at the time, I was finishing up a temp assignment, looking for a full-time job. I managed to get a part-time job in nonprofit development and then was working a second job as a host at a restaurant. And, you know, so that was a very, very difficult time for me. Um, you know, I was employed, unemployed for a little bit for the first time in my adult life. And my schedule was just all over the place because I was working two part-time jobs. Um, he was um, working part-time and then also running a political campaign, which I don't want to get into because uh, let's, yeah, let's, let's just say we both had really uh, all over the place schedules and, but he was a big proponent of making sure that we still got to spend time together. He would go out of his way to, you know, drive over to my place and spend the night with me after he was done canvassing and after I was done for work. Um, and I really, you know, I really don't think I appreciated that enough, the amount of effort that he put into that relationship at the time, but we live and learn. <laughs> but so one of the big conflicts in that relationship was definitely that, um, I, I meant to do this just as a brief like summary of my dating life and here we are just getting super deep. I'm so sorry about this. Um, and it'll probably just be a bit of a longer episode, which, you know, let me know how you feel about that if you want to. But essentially, he was, if you know about the like love languages, um, his top was words of affirmation. Mine was, I think I said it was like quality time or acts of service. I think I said acts of service. Um, but I'm very much not a, you know, words of affirmation kind of person, uh, which caused a lot of conflict. But essentially, we had a very intense but tumultuous relationship. I think we broke up two times and got back together before the final, final break, which happened right before the winter holidays in December, which was awful because I couldn't afford to go home to spend the holidays with my family. So I'd been planning on spending the holidays with him and his family. Of course, that didn't happen. I ended up spending the holidays alone. Although I'm very, very grateful. Um, one of the manager, the like front of house manager for the restaurant I was working at at the time, he and a bunch of the servers lived together. So he invited me over to their um, place to celebrate Christmas, which is really, really kind of them. And I definitely appreciate that. But yeah, so ultimately he was the one who ended things um he had to just like make that final break we'd been fighting all the time like i said we broke up multiple times and it uh it was really really hard for me but i made it clear that 
because he was pretty decent friends with some of my friends and I didn't want to have to you know make them take sides or anything like that I basically was like I do really want you to be in my life I do really think we should be friends after this but I'm gonna need some time and like I like we can't talk to each other for a while like I need some distance uh yeah and you know now we're friends so it all all ends well <laughs> uh yeah but so after that um about half a year later I ended up moving to the Bay Area and was back on the dating apps um while I was still in Chicago I you know saw like one guy pretty regularly but no relationships and since since that relationship um where you know we broke up and got back together multiple times I haven't had a like a relationship you know with the label but I've you know seen people casually um the most recent you know situation was in like August of 2019 I met this guy on a dating app he we matched and then he was just like all right let's get sushi at this place this is what I want and I was like great because I'm very much a person who I don't like to message back and forth on an app I just want to get to the date and meet in person and see what it's like we met up at first I was kind of like not really sure how I felt about him I was like I don't know I I don't know I feel like we you know we kind of get along whatever we ended up going back to his place hooking up um and uh I like stayed over the night and so that meant and it was a weekday so I ended up having to uh take an uber home at like at like five or six in the morning so that I could um get ready for work and make it on time but yeah we ended up um seeing each other like about once a week for about half a year or so from the get-go we said that we didn't want a relationship um he'd been in non-monogamous in a non-monogamous relationship before so he was familiar with that and um and that was probably like we ended things amicably he told me that um he just couldn't invest as much into our relationship I say relationship because it is a relationship not like a boyfriend girlfriend relationship or a partnership um he couldn't invest that much into it and you know give me what he thought I deserved because he was kind of going through some stuff in terms of his career and figuring out like if he wanted to stay at his job or if he was gonna move there was a lot going on and so he said like I think we should just be friends and you know we are like friendly but in general I think that straight men are not very good at being friends with straight women um or just not don't really know how to be friends that's a whole nother topic though (laughs) and uh, I would say that was like the most recent more like consistent not just one time thing um since then obviously we've been in a pandemic so that put a huge damper on my dating life but um essentially I let's see I haven't gotten past a third date with anyone and that was only one person um I pretty much uh all of the guys I've gone on dates with or had sex with ghosted me right after that so that's cool uh and uh, now I'm just chilling trying to figure my stuff out all right so now that we've dived deep into uh my relationship and dating history I want to go over the dating mistakes that I listed in my TikTok and explain the story behind them and then also talk a little bit about what it is that I learned 
I don't know if this is going to be in the same order that I listed them in in the TikTok, and I don't feel like checking, so I'm sorry. But let's start with compromising my needs. Now, what this one stems from is from my most recent relationship. I mentioned that on that first date, we talked about what we each wanted and we're looking for on these dating apps and it was clear that we wanted very different things, you know? Um, even just outside of me only wanting something casual and him wanting something serious, but I wasn't sure that I wanted things like marriage, a family, you know, a house. I wasn't sure I wanted any of those things and he was very sure. So, you know, when we ended up breaking up, I, I, I remember telling him we knew that this was never going to work out because we just want different things out of life, not even just out of this relationship. Um, and so I, throughout the course of that relationship though, I ended up compromising what I had set to as my needs, which was, you know, like this freedom of being non-exclusive, of um, being casual. I, I sacrificed that what I had established as one of my needs so that I could still have him in my life. You know, I submitted to being in an exclusive relationship just to keep him around. And now I know I can't do that. Um, I know for sure that is never going to end well. If I say that I need something like, say, um, now I'm looking for consistency um, or I don't want one night stands. Like for me, it's very important. One of my needs is that I can see someone on a regular basis and it's going to be a continuous thing. It's not going to be a one-time thing. And so I'm refusing to uh, let that go essentially. And unfortunately, that does mean that men just lie to me <laughs> instead of being honest about just wanting casual sex or a one-time hookup. But it uh, means that I'm staying truer to myself and that hopefully I won't end up in a relationship where I am compromising who I am and what I want and what I need just to make the other person happy. Okay, number two, we have staying in a relationship I knew wouldn't work out. Um, and there it is. That is also related to that same relationship. Um, I knew that we didn't want the same things, that our visions for our futures didn't align, but I still stayed. Um, I refused to give it up just because of, you know, this chemistry that we had, because, you know, we had really good sex, because he was really nice to me, because he treated me well, all of those things. But that was just a setup for a heartbreak for myself. So now if I, you know, meet someone, um, regardless of how much we hit it off, how much chemistry we have. If we don't want the same things, and um, I know that like it just isn't gonna work out long-term, then that doesn't bother me as much. Or I'm okay with kind of feeling that hurt. Like for instance, with the guy that I had really good chemistry with last, and he ultimately was like, yeah, I just don't see this going anywhere. Um, so I don't think we should see each other. I don't think we can do like a casual hookup thing. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, it like fucking hurt and sucked and I bawled my eyes out. But now I would much rather have that be set up front. 
I am okay with having my feelings hurt because I know long-term it'll save me heartbreak. All right, next, avoiding tough conversations. So what I wrote in my notes here is talking about my first relationship. My partner at that time, so this was in college, had some pretty serious mental health issues. Um, Obviously, I can't diagnose and I don't. um, They ended up, I think, uh, getting uh, help through professional counseling and therapy, but obviously I don't know anymore. I'm not in their life. And at the time, though, they were definitely dealing with a lot of issues related to trauma, past abusive relationships, depression, anxiety, um, you know, a lot of these things that I was, you know, I was just like a kid as well. Um, And neither of us knew how to deal with them. But because they had all of these serious mental health issues, I felt too uncomfortable to ever bring up any problems I was having in the relationship. And it felt like I couldn't it made it very difficult for me to ever feel like I could vent about things going on in my life or discuss issues that were I was dealing with because it just felt like so minuscule compared to my partner's problems, you know? Um, so as a result of avoiding all of these tough conversations, like about communication, about expectations, about feeling like I was unheard, it resulted in just so many long-term problems that now I can see, I can look on this relationship. I'm so sorry, my like foot is asleep from how I was sitting before. But um, I can look back on it now and see that, oh, this huge communication problem that we had, it was kind of creating this shaky foundation for our entire relationship. It meant that I I felt so scared to bring up any issues, you know? Um, I felt like I couldn't, you know, push back on anything or ask for more. Um, but now now I'm very careful. What I've learned from that is, and this is also a skill that I really picked up from my second partner, my second relationship, the most recent one. So I'm very thankful to him for that, which was he was very, very good about you know, opening up space and like make, being proactive about starting conversations um, that may be uncomfortable. And that is something I have, you know, taken into my dating life going forward, where from the beginning, I always try to set up a foundation of clear, open, honest communication. Um, like with my most recent um, I guess friend with benefit is the best description of it. But I, every, you know, month or so, or if I felt like, okay, there was, is one particular story I can think of that, so we didn't text a ton um, between dates, which at the time kind of bothered me. I used to be a much bigger texter. I'm definitely not now, but it bothered me a little bit, but I didn't want to push because it was pretty nascent and I didn't want to like seem overbearing or clingy. And, uh, but I remember, I think I got back from Thanksgiving. I went, I went home to North Carolina for Thanksgiving. And when I got back, um, you know, we made plans to see each other. And I just, I remember feeling 
so much anxiety. I was like, I just, I know that I'm going to be dumped. I can just feel it. I can just sense that it's going to happen. And we finally met up and I, I didn't bring up that specifically, but I did kind of open up a conversation to check in and say like, how are you feeling about how things are going? Like what's working for you? What's not working for you? And I was also able to say like, hey, when you are responding kind of short or, um, you know, over text, it's so hard to read tone. And when you're not like responding a lot or it feels like I'm really pushing for these conversations and you don't want to participate, that makes me nervous. It makes me feel like you don't want to keep seeing me and he was like oh well you know if you need me to text more like I can do that and I was like I actually really don't I just I feel like I just needed to get that out there so that you know that if I like have a sudden like flare-up of anxiety you know it's not like we're all aware of like what might be the cause what might be triggering it stuff like that and yeah that was super beneficial um rather than just dancing around it or trying to get these answers to my questions in a roundabout way it was a matter of just asking and you it's super uncomfortable at first but you get more used to it and it becomes easier once that has been established as a part of your relationship which is that you check in regularly that you give updates about how you're feeling about you know how often you're seeing each other whatever even if it is uncomfortable even if it's a tough conversation all right what else? Okay, assuming relationships are always linear. So I actually don't have any notes about this one, but I think what this immediately makes me think of is um, that first, you know, serious relationship that I had. Things kind of happened in an interesting way. So I, you know, the way I tell it, obviously, it's like this perfect romantic story where we were friends, and then the friendship bloomed and blossomed into a romantic relationship. But it definitely wasn't that straightforward. You know, we started hooking up casually um, without any, like, we weren't going on dates or anything. And we never talked about where things were going or anything like that. But then I remember I got back from spring break and, um, that person told me they were like, hey, I kind of have like a lot of trauma relating to sex and intimacy due to previous experiences that I've had. Um, do you mind if we just kind of slow it down? I'm, I'm just, I, I can't, you know, I don't feel comfortable having sex right now. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, obviously I was okay with that and happy to just spend time with them. But it was, it felt like, a, oh, you know, we're going steps forward and then we're taking these steps back. But that then, of course, once they did feel comfortable with me enough to, to start having sex again, and, and once we started going on dates and all of that, I was like, okay, now we're like back on track. Like things should be going smoothly from here. Um, and it was not the case. Um, I think that we tend to take stories about romance and relationships, which of course are linear because that's the way that media works. That's the way that storytelling works. Um, we think we're supposed to hit these certain beats. Like, you know, you date for a while and then, and then you say, I love you. And then you move in together and then you get engaged and then you get married and it all happens in this linear fashion. And that's absolutely not how life works. Um, you know, we didn't say, I love you to each other until well after a year of dating um, and recognizing that 
relationships don't have like a set track that they have to go on or they, they don't have to escalate in a particular fashion has really helped me to value those connections that I have with people that don't become relationships or don't go go anywhere or things happen out of order. That I'm totally fine with now because I recognize that life is so messy. I can't expect every relationship to follow the same template. I can't expect every love story to go in the exact same pattern. And that has been huge for me because it also means that I can appreciate people who are in my life even for just a very temporary short amount of time. I can still enjoy the time we have together and not worry so much about the future or what's coming next. All right. Oh, believing words over actions. Whew, okay, so this is a big one. I actually didn't talk about this person when I was doing my little my little recap of my dating life, and it's because we never dated. Um, but basically what is prompting this is that there was this person who I was friends with benefits with for over a year, something like that. Um, we started chatting through Instagram DMs. I remember on New Year's, and that was after, right after I'd been dumped. We started chatting. He was living in the Bay Area at the time, and of course I was in Chicago. But things got really, really intense right away. We were both Pisces. We'd both got, been through like shitty experiences in the past year. Like We just connected on so many levels that it um, got pretty hot and heavy very quickly. And so when I visited my sister in May, we like fucked and then, um, but yeah, things were always up and down with this guy. He would say things like, um, you know, you're so incredible and, you know, we have this great connection and all this kinds of kind of stuff like, oh, here we go. This is what my notes say, you know. He would say things like, I care for you deeply, we belong in each other's lives, we get each other, but then he would just ignore me unless he wanted to fuck. Um, like it felt very much like he was just keeping me on the back burner so I was supposed to just be available to him whenever he wanted me and I couldn't ask for anything more even though he said we were friends like we never hung out anytime when we weren't having sex we never you know I never met any of his his friends he never introduced me to anyone he knew and that's not how you treat someone you care about or not how you should be treating someone you care about. Um, you know, there were a few times I tried to like end things with him and say like, this is just bad for my mental health. I don't think you're good for me. Like this is not good for me. It's causing me a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. And then he'd be like, no, I, I want you to be in my life. And you know, we're gonna, I want you to be in my life and all this stuff. And then we'd make up and then things would be great for an afternoon. And then of course he'd go back to ignoring me. So even though he would say things, he would say things all the time, like, you know, oh, I'm tired of being single. I just want a girlfriend. I just want to be in a relationship again. And I'd be sitting here like, okay, well, what about me? I want to date you. I like you a lot. I care about you. But obviously the way he acted and treated me did not reflect actually caring about me or wanting to be in a relationship with me. But I kept believing him when he would say things like, no, I do care about you deeply and um, all of that stuff, even though his actions didn't reflect that. So now I trust my own 
perspective on this where if someone keeps saying things or making promises that they do not keep or that don't show through their actions where their actions are so different from what they say that is a huge red flag for me you know I mean I feel like that's such a basic thing is to say what you mean and actually act out the values that you purport to have all right And finally, oh yeah, this is also related to that same situation, but ignoring my gut and blatant red flags, like saying that you really want a girlfriend and then totally ignoring the person in your life who you're sexually attracted to, but I guess didn't want to date. Um, I also tend to have this problem where I will go on dates and let them go on for too long or give people a second chance, even though it's like, mm, I kind of get a bad vibe from them. So I'm trying to better trust my gut. And if I see red flags, like for instance, that guy who I was hooking up with for over a year and finally ended things last year. Um, oh, geez. One of the big red flags was that when we first started talking via Instagram DMs, he told me about how one of his exes he told me it took him three years to get over her and I was like whoa that's not good and I was just like all right let me just breeze past that (laughs) if someone tells you that it took them years to get over an ex and that they just recently got out of a relationship no matter what they say they are definitely not emotionally available and over their ex I am so sorry to say, Um, but, you know, because he kept saying these things or acting, whatever, I was just like, no, I'm just going to ignore that. I'm just going to ignore that. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so I don't do that anymore. Um, Now I'm much more trusting of like my gut and the way that my instincts work. Like I trust them to not just be unfounded. All right, I don't really know what happened there, but my video randomly cut off and just stopped recording. So welcome back Um, for our audio listeners. I know nothing happened, but unfortunately, since I'm also doing this as a video, well, I got to explain something because the cut's going to be a little funky. But we were talking about red flags and pretty much I'm going to leave that there. I feel like I've covered everything I need to cover when it comes to talking about my dating mistakes and what I've learned from them. So let's move on and I'll give you a little update about what I'm doing in my current dating life and how I'm moving forward and especially taking kind of those lessons from before. So the biggest thing that I'm doing is I've decided I'm quitting all the apps. That is right. In my adult life, almost all of the people I've dated or hooked up with I have met from a dating app. I think I can only think of like one person who I met in person and not on an app. On June 10th, I will be, I will be deleting all my apps and I will be committing. I mean, I've already started to, but I'm definitely committing to meeting someone in person or in real life rather than online. What a concept. So if you have any tips for meeting someone in person, definitely let me know. There's the usual suspects, of course, going to bars, clubs, whatever, particularly as things are starting to open up again. It's a little 
weird for me, but I guess it's exciting. And um, I might try and pick up some activities again, like maybe tennis, golf. Hopefully I can meet people that way. Um, and of course, asking friends to set me up because I've really tried that, but apparently it's a good way to meet people. Who knows? I've never been on a true blind date. Could be fun. So that's kind of my big shift when it comes to my dating life. And then the second thing I wanted to touch on was just, you know, the kind of person I'm looking for. I'd love to hear from you all what traits you're looking for in a partner as well. So I'm looking for someone who has a good sense of humor, but that also matches my own. And this is kind of difficult because I have a pretty particular sense of humor. I don't really like sarcasm. I don't like cringe humor. And I don't like humor that punches down. So that kind of narrows the field a lot. <laughs> Plus, you know, because I like to make a lot of jokes and stuff like that, they have to be willing to not be the funny one in the relationship. I need someone who is a good communicator. This is key for me, especially because I have worked so hard on my communication skills. They better be up to snuff. I'm not gonna be pulling teeth over here. Um, they should be attractive to me. I would like them to be at least as hot as I am. I feel like that's a fair ask. And also, finally, they have to act like they like me. That's it. It's that simple. I'm not going to chase someone down for a date or try to pin them down to make plans. I'm not doing that anymore. I don't play games like that anymore. So those are the traits I'm looking for in a partner. I would say feel free to, you know, slide in my DMs and shoot your shot. But I'll be honest, I may or may not look at them. I mean, it's it's worth a chance, right? I mean, I'm not getting flooded with DMs all the time, so your odds are like pretty decent that I'll at least see it. But I will say if your profile is private on Instagram, why even bother? Because like I won't be able to tell anything about you. So shooting your shot seems a little like what's the point? But you know, you do you. Maybe you feel confident enough that even with a private profile, I'll just be so swept away. Um, but yeah, this kind of just what's going on with my love life. I'll uh, let you know how it goes. I went to a bar alone last night. Was interesting. Although that does lead me into the hill that I will die on this week. So the hill that I will die on is a segment where I talk about an opinion that I hold very strongly about something that really doesn't matter. And I was thinking about this because the bar I went to last night is a tiki bar. And I noticed so many people who were drinking stuff out of cans, like hard seltzers and beers. And I just don't understand why you would go to a bar, especially a tiki bar, just to drink something you could have had at home. Like I got a tiki drink that has like three, four kinds of liquor. You have to like blend it. Like I'm not making that shit at home, but like a hard seltzer? Just like stay home, pick some up from the grocery store. So that is my opinion. If you're not gonna be drinking something that you wouldn't normally have at home, I really don't understand the point of drinking at a bar. Cause you could invite your friends over at your house too. It would be cheaper. I just don't understand. Well, that's my lamentations on bars over with today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and this deep dive into my love and dating life, the lessons I've learned and how I'm moving forward. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you'd like. I'm on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Um, 
And, uh, oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, as always, you can send your questions or topics that you want me to cover to ifyouseekandypod at gmail.com. You can also slide into my DMs. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. That's Those are probably the two main places that I would uh, send me topics or questions that you want me to answer. Um, as always, I hope you had a good day time listening. I think I'm repeating myself a little bit, but that's just how it is. This is a fly by the seat of your pants kind of production. Y'all have a good day. Thanks for listening. Bye.